The brothers Jung-ho and Jung-guk entered their 40s suffering much loss from the deaths of Dae-young and Seo-young, but it was also a time of hope for better control over their futures. The Japanese forces that let Seo-young die of medical neglect, the Japanese forces that discriminated against the native Korean people for over three decades, had finally left the peninsula en masse following the end of the Pacific War. And now it was time for the Korean people to rule themselves and recover from their wounds. But that was how it was supposed to go. But as the months dragged on and Jung-ho unfailingly saw American soldiers outside of the window every day on his train commute to work, he increasingly wondered just how much longer the foreign occupation would drag on. With the Japanese's defeat, American and Russian soldiers only seemed to fill in the gaps left by the Japanese, taking control of their own shares of Korea north and south of the 38th parallel, respectively. They weren't as brutal towards the masses, to be sure, and they promised self-rule, yet there was a frustrating lack of certainty to when these promises would become reality. So Jung-ho always devoured the newspaper during train rides, searching for signs of hope. Finally, within the next year, a common Korean name, Syngman Ri, seemed to be echoing rather constantly in Seoul's politics. Ostensibly a favorite candidate of the steadfastly anti-communist Americans in control of the South, everything about Syngman Ri didn't sit quite right with Jung-ho, not to mention his wife, Minji. As a result of America's stark opposition to communism, it seemed that politics were taking a dark turn that suppressed the rights of workers in the name of a witch hunt against communism. Thus, they eagerly anticipated the settling dust of Pyongyang's politics, hoping that the Russian communist government would open opportunities for more equity-focused leaders. Many Russian-supported political figures were former guerrillas that fought in the name of Korean independence, having proved themselves willing to make sacrifices for the Korean people. But time continued to pass, and talks of unification of the North and South began dwindling as both sides developed their own political systems. By 1948, all hope for a smooth unification process seemed to evaporate when, despite backlash, the South held an election that established Syngman Rhee as its leader. It was with this development that Jung-ho decided to leave the South. His brother's family was devastated at the decision to leave. But, despite all of Jung-guk's attempts to persuade his brother otherwise, he knew that Jung-ho had made up his mind. On their part, Jung-guk and Hanako were not especially fond of Syngman Rhee, nor the South's decision to hold an election that halted reunification. They generally reserve judgment in regards to communism, neither strongly affiliating themselves for or against the ideology. So Hanako and Junguk, both of whom risked losing all connections to family and friends in Japan if they moved to the north, carried on with their lives in the traditional family home. On the day of Jungho and Minji's departure, both sides exchanged an emotional farewell. As Jungkook became a speck on the horizon, Jung-ho gazed back into the distance, savoring the fresh air and sense of opportunity of what awaited this family in the north, but also sad and somewhat scared at the prospect of yet another long-term separation from his brother. Jungkook and Hanako found it difficult to adjust to the emptiness of the house next door. 
Every time they returned home, they felt a sense of emptiness that seemed to permeate the entire street. Deep down, Jungkook knew that staying in Seoul was the right decision, but it was hard to convince himself of this fact, especially when the world around him seemed to be in a state of chaos. When Korea became liberated from Japanese rule, Jungkook was able to better invest in his future business plans with little interference from the new government. While he did struggle to get financial support from the government itself, his connections from his time in Japan helped him start a new cosmetic business. He got the idea from his wife, who introduced some skincare products from Japan to her daughter. In Seoul, the business was just starting to get some customers and interest from other nearby towns. However, things would start to take a turn for the worse, as war was approaching. Knowing that being close to the capital would make them a target, Hanako and Jungkook wanted to move their family as far south as possible to avoid the fighting. While this would delay Hana's education as she was about to graduate high school, the family thought it would be too dangerous to stay. Their departure from Seoul had led them to the city of Busan. In Busan, they witnessed many other refugees who were fleeing from the North Korean advance down south. Many were surprised by how quick the North Koreans advanced and how they took over much of the country in a matter of months. Nonetheless, while the family didn't struggle too much, they were not well off. The family rushed to Busan so quickly that they weren't able to get most of their belongings and could only rely on the money from Jungkook's business. From that money, they were able to rent out a tiny flat that barely fit all three of them and their belongings. From that day, Hanako and Hana would work to help other refugees by working with the local government who was supplying them with food and medicine. Thanks to the United Nations providing more humanitarian aid, the supplies for the refugees would be enough for them to survive the winter months. Jungkook was motivated by Hanako and Hana and decided to look toward the future and plan his next business venture. While Hanako was skeptical of the timing of Jungkook's aspiration to start his business again, she supported him, but only if he helped with the humanitarian effort, which he did. As they helped with the humanitarian effort, there was news that a coalition force from around the world would come to Busan. This brought hope to the refugees in Busan and their families, but it left Jungkook wondering, what is happening to his brother and his family in North Korea as the war ravages across the south? Though the prospect of violence was not especially pleasing to Jung Ho and Min Ji, now securely positioned in North Korea with their adopted child, Sul Yoon, the family had moved to North Korea because they believed it was the best system. And so when the war started, they believed it was for the best. A quick fight to unite Korea under the better of the two regimes. However, their beliefs were tested when the conflict, which was initially promised to be a quick and easy fight, proved to be a much more complicated and devastating conflict. Not only did the North fall short of its plan to conquer the entirety of South Korea, but now, as the combined Southern and U.S. forces pushed into the North, the family witnessed firsthand the horrors of war, including the destruction of cities, the displacement of millions of people as cities were evacuated, and the loss of countless lives. Food became scarce for the family, and all around them, people were dying of starvation left and right. But Jung-ho, Min-ji, and Tulyon remained committed to the North Korean cause despite their challenges. Though they never entered the front lines, they engaged in long, grueling labor days, patching holes in their damaged country and doing whatever they could to support their fellow citizens. They believed their sacrifices were necessary to achieve the greater goal of a just Korea where everyone could live peacefully with plenty for all. So, when all the bombs started falling on North Korea, this only provoked more hatred against the ones they thought were the real enemies, the Americans. Without whom the peninsula would have been reunified. 
The same Americans who inhabited Syngman Rhee's hopes to take over the North by flushing out all suspected communists with mass murders. So whenever they saw those American planes and had to run for cover, it was the Americans, Japan, and all the foreign powers that had tormented Korea for years that they directed their anger towards. But one day, the planes stopped coming, and word spread throughout the army and into the masses that an armistice with the southern forces had been signed. Finally, there was an indeterminate period of respite from the hell that people in the north had been subjected to. And so, it was with this relieving news that the family turned to face the future. They soon entered the Workers' Party of Korea, pledging their allegiance to the North Korean government and its mission to make a world where everyone could enjoy meals of white rice, warm homes, and security from international threats. The reconstruction path would be difficult and would surely break the backs of the people in the North. But with the promise of a brighter future, it fell to Jong-ho and Min-ji as if nothing would ever break the nation's spirit. When the armistice was signed in 1953, Korea had little left. Both sides were devastated. Those able to survive were doomed to relieve those moments in their minds till their end. Both sides ended the war as they started, divided by the 38th parallel. Jong-ho and his family, like many others, faced the harsh aftermath of the battle. Their house, which had been bombed twice, showed the destructive nature of the conflict. Jungkook's family, in turn, focused on building their business and returning to the comfortable life they were used to. At the start of the war, each side of the family couldn't understand why the other hadn't joined them yet. However, by 1953, the main concern was whether their loved ones on the opposite side were still alive. Both sides rebuilt their communities after the war. Jungho and Minji on the outskirts of Pyongyang, while Jungkook and Hanako remained in Busan. It wasn't easy to move on when they didn't know how their loved ones were doing, but both families did their best to rebuild their lives. The first few months after the armistice felt surreal. They focused on rebuilding their world, fooling their anger towards the other side, and pretending everything would be alright. Despite everything, the Che family managed to get by. In 1954, Hanako received a visit from a man who had been friends with Jong-ho before fleeing North Korean territory just before the armistice. He seemed anxious and stated that he had a debt to pay Jong-ho and had spent the last year trying to settle it. Finally, he had found him and brought a letter with him. He left quickly, stating that he could now begin living, finally free from this burden. When Jong-ok and Han arrived home, they found Hanako sitting with an unopened letter. The envelope read, To our beloved family. <laughs>